Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. We are on episode number 45 right now, and my friends, I'm going to say it again this week, you picked a very interesting topic to listen in on. We're talking about FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. If you didn't tune into last week's podcast episode, I'm going to ask you to pause this and go back and listen to last week's episode, number 44, where I talk about fear itself and the 10 most common fears that I see people using to hold themselves back in life from achieving their goals and how we can make them our friend and actually one of our our closest and most loyal friends in our journey towards our goals. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend you go ahead and pause this episode here, go back and listen to that, and then come back here. Because some of the stuff that I talked about last week is going to carry over into what we're talking about this week. And so I want you to have a basic understanding of what we talked about last week before you start um, listening to this. Because fear of missing out, I decided to do an entire episode on fear of missing out by itself, separate from the other 10 Well, not the other 10, actually. Fear of missing out was one of the 10, but I only briefly touched on it last week. And I I mentioned when I briefly touched on it that I was going to be doing an entire episode on the topic of fear of missing out this week. And so that's what I'm doing here this week, my friends. So I'm really excited to be bringing this topic to you all because fear of missing out is something that I have seen destroy so many of my clients' lives. I've seen it destroy my own life. I've seen it destroying the lives of many of my friends and friends of friends and relatives. It's something that I see so many people in the 21st century struggling with. And that's because it comes from some deeper underlying issues that we're not addressing. We're addressing fear of missing out as we do with all things at the behavioral level. And as I've said with all of these things, it doesn't work. When we address things at the behavioral level, the changes we're making are not genuine and they won't last. So today we're going to look at the underlying causes of FOMO, what, what actually leads someone to living with this fear of missing out and how we can start taking steps to resolve the cause of that fear. Before we jump into that, though, I want to do a little recap of last week. Just a quick recap. This doesn't supplement actually listening to last week's episode, so I want you to still go back and listen to it. For the, but for those of you who did listen in last week, 
Let's just do a quick refresher here before we dive into this week. So last week we talked about 10 common fears that I see people using to stop themselves from taking action towards their genuine wants and goals in life. We talked about seeing fear as your friend, not your enemy, and that fear is not a sign to stop and run away. We talked about how fear, when we react to it versus leaning in and understanding it, understanding it, when we react to it, it can cause us to go ahead and create for ourselves the very thing that we fear happening if we take the action that we're using fear to stop us from taking. And we don't even realize it half the time because fear will build this illusion up and, and convince us to think that we're avoiding the thing we're fearing if we don't take the action. But by not taking the action, we end up creating the very thing that we're afraid of. So let me clarify that kind of what we talked about last week, because there were a few things, a few questions that came up, and I I feel like I want to make sure that I'm really clear on this before we jump into the fear of missing out. Number one, fear is an emotion that we are designed to experience. I want you all to understand that. I want to be sure that you do not take from last week's episode that the goal here is to get rid of fear. The goal here is to be able to move forward and take action through fear and into fear, not to get rid of it, okay? So I want to be clear about that. Fear is important, so we do not want to get rid of fear. Fear is an important reminder also of real danger for us, such as like predators in the wild. If you're walking by a crowded road, it reminds you of the fact that there are very fast cars driving next to you that could possibly kill you if you don't pay attention and, you know, make sure you don't trip and fall into the road. So fear is there to actually help keep us safe. Now, the issue with fear in the 20th and 21st century is that there are actually very few real life circumstances meriting this fear to keep us from actual harm. Most of the fear that we are are encountering is about emotional fear or imagined possible future harm, not real eminent danger. But here's the thing. Our brain doesn't know the difference. And your brain is here to try and keep you safe. So it will use the emotion of fear to try to motivate you to take quick action to protect yourself even in situations where there is not actually a legitimate, imminent danger. It's just an imagined possible future, or you fearing feeling something. So this is where fear becomes harmful, is when we allow fear to trick us into reacting to it when there's not a real fear there. There's no predator trying to kill us. We're not about to fall into, into traffic and die. We're not falling out of the sky. There's not a volcano erupting. There's not an earthquake. There's not a natural disaster occurring where we need to try and keep safe. Fear that we are experiencing most of the time is imaginary. It's an emotional fear, a fear of experiencing an emotion that we label as bad or wrong or uncomfortable. And this is where fear begins to create damage in our lives and keep us from doing the very things in our lives that are important to us, that are genuine wants, that we are designed to fulfill in our life. And then there's the other side of it is when we fear fear itself. And this creates panic when we feel fear. But when we remember that fear was originally designed to keep us safe and that when we react to it, we go into this fight or flight state, we can actually see how fear helps us. But in situations where there isn't actual imminent danger, it doesn't help us. And actually, there are even situations which there is imminent danger where this reaction to fear also doesn't help us. And what I mean by that is, have you ever seen 
someone in a situation, maybe where they're out tr- trying to outrun a bear, we'll say that, or they're in their house and someone breaks in and they start feeling fear and they react to that fear and they start to panic. And then what happens? They end up doing something that we would probably say is really stupid. And they miss out on seeing all of the ways in which they could have created safety for themselves, gotten away from the situation, escaped, or kept themselves out of potential danger. But they missed all of that because here's the thing about the fight or flight response. When we're in fight or flight response, it trains or it teaches us to take our field of focus and narrow it in. To narrow it in on the thing that we perceive as being the danger. Trying to outrun that predator. So when there are solutions that exist all around us and we are narrowly focused, we miss out on a lot of those solutions. We miss out on a lot of the solutions that our brain, our prefrontal cortex, would be able to come up with if we would be able to step out of that amygdala response of the fight or flight and start using the prefrontal cortex to come up with solutions that would actually create the result we want. How do we get out of the house? Can I lock the door and call 911? How do I get away from this bear? Is it safer for me to just lay here and play dead? What can I do that would that would create the most amount of safety for me and create the the most likely result that I'm going to survive this. But we miss out on a lot of those options when we slip into this fight or flight situation. So my friends, even when there is real and imminent danger, the reaction to fear can actually not serve us. So this is what I say when I when I mean we need to learn to lean into fear and recognize it as having a different role. The role of being a loyal friend instead of making fear bad and then panicking when we experience fear. And then this just brings us into this fight or flight response in which we are no longer any good to ourselves, to our safety. All we're going to do is just lots of energy and running and kicking and screaming and not thinking about what it is that we're doing and what we're actually trying to create. So this is why I say lean into fear and recognize it as being your loyal friend. Yes, it wants to keep us safe. And yes, we want to recognize when fear is also letting us know of a real life threat or danger. Your house is on fire. How are we going to get out of here? There is an earthquake. How am I going to keep me and my family safe? There is someone broken into my home with a gun. How am I going to get me and my family out of the house safely or get the robber out of the house so that my family is safe or protect my family while we're still in this house? Solutions, okay? But we don't find those solutions when we go into the fight or flight response, okay? So when we lean into fear and we recognize it as being an emotion that is there to help us, not to harm us, then we can actually start seeing fear as a friend and not reacting to it, but choosing a response. Remember, this goes back to that emotional responsibility that I always talk about, my friends. As with all emotions, fear is a spotlight that wants to point out a belief that we have. And within that belief, there is a solution to the very thing we fear. The belief that my family is in danger. There's a solution there, but you're not going to recognize it if you're in a fight or flight response. The imaginary fear of judgment. If you react to it and go into fight or flight response, you're not going to find the solution to the fear of judgment. Instead, what you're going to do is create judgment for yourself and then feel judged anyways and not do the thing that you want to do. So what I want to be clear with here, why I'm clarifying this is that when I say lean into fear, it is our friend. I don't mean get rid of fear. 
We're not trying to make fear the enemy or bad here. And we're not trying to say that fear serves no purpose and that genuine fear is bad and that we shouldn't experience it. And that when we're in, an, in a situation in which there's real life imminent danger, we should just be like, oh, I shouldn't be afraid. That is not at all what I'm saying when I say lean into fear. When I say lean into fear, I mean accept the fact that fear is there. But when we are busy trying to get rid of fear, making fear bad, well, then that's fear of fear itself, which leads to panic. And panic, as I've just clearly shown you in several examples, doesn't help us have a clear head in which we're able to make choices and responses that actually help us, even in situations where there's actual real physical danger imminent, but also in situations where the fear is imagined, where the fear is something where we're afraid of feeling a certain emotion, we're afraid of feeling judged, we're afraid of feeling inadequate, we're afraid of, um, I don't know, feeling emotionally hurt, all of the fears that we talked about last week. So when we learn to not fear the emotion of fear, we can peacefully allow the fear to be there and then use courage to step into that fear and openly see what is there to show us about our beliefs and find solutions. Because in leaning into this, this is where the solutions lie, to not becoming a victim to the emotion of fear, but instead for us to use it to guide us forward by using courage along with fear, and see, this is, again, the mistake I always talk about. People think that courage means the absence of fear. No, if fear isn't present, you're not being courageous. Courage only can be practiced when there is fear present. So if you've gotten rid of the fear, you're no longer being courageous, okay? So we use courage while we are experiencing fear to take actions that guide us forward into growth or, in real-life danger, finding ways to make ourselves safe. Remember how last week we talked about how fear will have us creating the very thing that we fear ahead of time, even without realizing it? So I had some people ask me about this and why this actually matters. Why does it matter to realize that if I fear fear and panic or if I resist fear that and and don't see the illusion that I'll end up creating the very thing that, um, you know, I'm fearing feeling without even realizing it. And the reason why a lot of people ask this question is because they're like, well, it doesn't feel so bad to feel the fear or to feel what it is that I fear feeling if I choose to create it ahead of time. And here's the interesting thing here. My friends, the answer to that question is in that statement itself. You are choosing right now to not do something in your life that is important to you because of a fear of experiencing an emotion. But when you choose not to do that thing, you choose the emotion anyways, that you fear feeling. And then guess what you do? You manage the experience of that emotion, or you buffer it away. But there are two points here to understand. One is that you are able to experience the emotion and manage the emotion. And that your fear here is that you think that you, you won't be able to handle it, but you just chose to do it. So I want you to realize that. Two is that you're not doing something important to you because you fear not being able to handle the emotion. So you are choosing not to do something that is important to you because of something that you've already proven that you can actually handle because you're feeling that emotion anyways. And you're not getting away from the discomfort of it because you're feeling the emotion anyways. And you just said it. It doesn't feel so bad when I choose to feel it ahead of time. Yes. And you think, wait, what are you talking about, Seth? Have you gone crazy? Have you gone crazy? Yeah, I just you just proved my point. No, I didn't. I proved the point that you, when you choose to feel this emotion ahead of time, it doesn't feel so bad. 
because you chose it and you leaned into it. So what I'm saying is do the thing that's important to you and do it knowing that you are choosing to feel that thing that you fear feeling. If you fear feeling judgment, do the thing. Let the judgment come up. It's not going to kill you. Then understand where the judgment came from by leaning into that feeling and find the solution there to move through the judgment and release it. You will feel the thing that you fear feeling. But on the other side of it, you will have felt with it. You will have felt it, dealt with it, and managed that emotion. And with courage, because you chose to feel that emotion, even though you feared it, You felt that emotion and on top of that, you did the thing that you wanted to do. So you can either feel the emotion and the fear, and then in the end, you've done nothing that you wanted to do except for feel the emotion that you didn't want to feel, or maybe you tried to buffer it away, or you can feel the emotion that you fear, step into it by choice, manage it while you accomplish the thing that you want to do. And the difference here is that in one, you do the thing that's important to you. And in the other, you still face all of the discomfort, but at the end of that discomfort, you didn't do the thing that you wanted to do. See, you keep thinking that you're avoiding discomfort by not doing the thing that you want to do, but you aren't. And that's why it's important to realize that you're creating the very thing that you fear when you react to fear instead of leaning in, finding where it's from, and choosing the response to it, to lean in, bring in courage, and step into it. Because... The thing that you're fearing, you're creating anyways. But the thing that you're wanting to do, you're not creating by resisting the fear. But when you choose to lean in and choose to feel the thing by leaning in and doing the thing that you're afraid to do, and and you just do it and feel the thing anyways, you learn along the way to process and manage these emotions that you're afraid of feeling. And at the same time, you're creating the results that you want to create. Stop letting fear convince you that if you resist it and then buffer away your discomfort, that somehow you're better off, that somehow you're avoiding the discomfort. You're already uncomfortable. You're already experiencing all of the discomfort. And you're feeling the discomfort of judging yourself by trying to buffer it away with all of these things that are also destroying you. And then you're judging yourself for those behaviors and feeling out of control of those, which creates a whole nother set of judgment and discomfort. So my friends, what I'm here to say is that when you react to fear, you not only create the very thing that you feared feeling, but you also do not create the very one thing that you're here to create that's not going to go away. So stop thinking that you're avoiding discomfort by not leaning into fear. You're not avoiding it. You're feeling it anyways. So... That's why I'm here to help you all learn to lean into your fear. So with that being said, now that I've clarified all of that, let's jump into the fear of missing out. I touched on it briefly last week. So I want to dive in really, really deep this week. As I said last week in the podcast episode, this fear is actually based in several different issues and fears. So it's a bit complex. And what I want to do today is break down the complexity of this fear so we can see the true source of it, what what it truly actually is, what's actually going on when we say we have a fear of missing out, and what this fear is trying to show you about yourself and your beliefs. I also want to show you how to move into and through this fear by practicing courage, and how when you do this, you are going to be finding so much more empowerment, freedom, and fulfillment in your life on the other side of this fear not by avoiding it. 
And by avoiding it, I mean reacting to it and and trying to change behaviors or trying to change things at the, at the surface level to try and hurry up and get rid of the fear. Okay? So, what is FOMO? Or, in other words, the fear of missing out. This can present itself in people's lives in a few ways. But they all sort of present very similarly at the belief level. And from that belief level, they move out into our actions and then therefore our results in life. So some of the beliefs that I say are very similar at the belief level that create this fear of missing out, they sound like this. So listen to some of these statements, and this is not an exhaustive list, but this this is some of the ways. So, and again, there are ways that you might say this to yourself that are going to sound different than this wording, but I want you to hear the essence of what I'm saying here and see if you recognize a feeling like this in your beliefs and thoughts. Okay, so other people are having more fun in life than I am. Other people are enjoying life more than me. Other people are living a better life than me. I am not experiencing something fundamentally important in life that other people are able to experience. Because I don't have this yet, and whatever this is, fill in the blank, I am missing out on being able to enjoy life like other people. If I had this that this person has over here, I would be able to enjoy life like them. I'm not able to enjoy life as much as this person or these people over here because I don't have this. And my friends, this can present itself in everyday living and planning and also in how we go after our goals in life as far as short-term and long-term goals. I see so many people refusing to make plans because they don't want to decide what is important for them, what they want, and they would rather sit around and wait and see if something else comes up that might appear better to them. And only if nothing comes up before the event that they wanted to plan, then they will go to it. But they won't trust themselves to decide ahead of time, this is something that I want to do. This is something that I do not want to do. And then plan to either do it or not do it. People are so afraid to do this because they don't know what's important to them in life. So this is one of the underlying causes of this FOMO is that people truly don't understand what is important to them in life. And what's, what, is it, what does it even mean that something is important to me in life? People truly don't understand that. They have not taken the time to be introspective enough and look into themselves enough to even find that out and what that even means. I see this cause people to refuse to make plans with their friends and then thinking that this is normal to have friends wait around until the time of other possible plans has passed and they didn't come up. So yeah, now I'll do it. I'll commit to it now. Or they think that it's normal for them to wait around on friends until the time of the event to know whether or not they have plans to go to the event or to that their friend is coming over, that they're doing something with their friend. People think this is normal because so many people are living with this FOMO. And my friends, I'm here to say, normal is very subjective. So yeah, we've normalized it, but is it healthy? I would say no. It's incredibly not healthy for our emotional health, for our mental health, and for our physical health. Because I see so many people sitting around on their couch in depressed states and eating food to buffer away their emotions because they can't even make plans that they want to do because they don't trust themselves to even know what it is that they want to do and say, this is what I'm going to do, and then do it, and then choose to enjoy it because they know it's important to them and something that they want to do. 
And a lot of this goes back to, like I said just a minute ago, they have no freaking clue what is actually important to them in their life. They know what they think should be important to them in their life based on everyone they're watching on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and television and Netflix and their friends around them and their family and what everyone tells them should be important to them, but they have no clue what is genuinely valuable to them as a person on the inside, and they have no clue how to even find that. That's what I'm here for as a coach, my friends, in case you don't know that. This is what I help people to discover in their life. If you're ever wondering when I say that I'm a life fulfillment and empowerment coach and a health coach, and I say living your most authentic life, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about clarifying what is truly important to you, not what you think should be important, not what it looks like other people think are important, that you think are important, what is important to you on such a core emotional and spiritual level that you cannot deny it. That's what I'm here to help you find out. And the reason why people struggle with this FOMO and use it as a reason to not make plans is because they don't know this for themselves and they don't trust themselves to know it for themselves. And now I want to be clear on something here. If living spontaneously is how you want to live your life, then you can. But just recognize that it keeps you in constant indecision. And also, I want you to recognize how often you end up doing nothing or end up doing something that you don't really want to do just to fill the time of doing nothing that you would have been doing something if you had just planned something. And I want you to answer this honestly here. And yes, that means that if instead of making plans to go to a concert with your friend or going to a specific party with your friend, you end up having no plans. So you just go out to a bar and get drunk to try and buffer away the discomfort of not having any plans, and then you wake up the next day with a hangover. Because you were out trying to drink away the disappointment of either not going to the concert, not going to the party, not making plans with your friend, and then they ended up making other plans. I want you to recognize that what you just did there is you just did something that you didn't really want to do just to fill the time of doing nothing because you didn't make plans. How often do you catch yourself doing that? Or how often do you catch yourself sitting on the couch and binge eating food or binge drinking while watching television to try and kill the time that you have nothing to do because you were afraid to make plans and that you have a goal in your life to be healthier and maybe even to lose weight. But instead, you're spending your evening sitting in front of your television binge eating food because you're afraid to make plans because you don't trust yourself to know what it is that you want to know. And you keep saying, I just like living my life spontaneously. But that's not the truth, is it? The truth is, you haven't taken the time to know what is important for you. You haven't taken the time to know what you truly enjoy and want in life. And you're afraid that you won't figure it out if you look. So you'd rather... Just say, I like living my life spontaneously and keep going through this cycle of trying to fill time with things that keep you further from your goals in life, just to buffer away the discomfort of not having anything to do because you didn't make plans. How often does that happen to you? Does it feel good? Do you want to keep living your life that way? I would imagine not. So lean in and listen here, my friends, because we're gonna, we're, I'm going to show you some solutions here today. I'm going to show you where this is coming from and how you can lean into this and create solutions. I also want to be clear that I'm not saying that you can never be spontaneous in life. Spontaneity can be a very liberating feeling in life. But here's the thing. Spontaneity is not designed to be a pattern. If it becomes a pattern, it's no longer spontaneity. 
You're using spontaneity as a reaction to fear. Spontaneity is, should also be sponta- spontaneous. So if your spontaneity becomes a regular pattern in your life, it's no longer being spontaneous. You're trapped in a cycle, my friends. Spontaneity can be a very liberating feeling, but I want you to ask yourself, how often are you trying to use the feeling of spontaneity to replace the feeling of freedom in your life because you feel trapped doing things that you either don't want to do or not doing the things that you do want to do? Because you won't decide on the things that you really want to do in life that are important to you. How often do you catch yourself using, quote unquote, spontaneity to feel that feeling that you want to feel, which is freedom? You see, spontaneity is a short burst of the feeling that can feel like freedom, but it doesn't last. It's very short-lived. And when it becomes a pattern, spontaneity starts to have some very negative effects on our life, keeping us from doing the things that we want to do in our life that are genuine for us, that are important to us, that would get us to the place in life where we're not lo- no longer reacting to life, but we're ahead and being proactive in life and creating the life we want. So I want you to ask yourself, if you're one of these people that says, oh, I just like being spontaneous, are you always spontaneous? Is it a pattern that that's how you always make plans or spontaneity? Then it's not because you like being spontaneous, because you're not being spontaneous then. Your spontaneity has become a pattern. It's no longer spontaneous. If spontaneity is a pattern in your life, then I want you to look at this. Are you trying to replace the feeling of true freedom with spontaneity because you're not doing the things in your life that you truly want to do that would create the feeling of true freedom in your life. And I mean things like self-care so that you wake up early enough in the morning and feel energized enough to do the things that would get you ahead on your bills, that would get you ahead on your self-care, that would get you ahead on your health, that you would have the time to meal prep And eat the foods that would actually serve your body so you would feel better and then sleep better and then wake up more energized. This is what I'm talking about. Are you using spontaneity to replace the freedom that you would feel if you were proactive in your life and doing the things that are actually important to you? Not just reacting to things that feel urgent or fun in the moment, but that keep you further and further from living the life that you want to be living. I want you to answer this honestly, please. And I want you to ask yourself... Are you living in a prison because you won't take the time to know yourself and to know what you truly want and then make decisions to take actions to go after that? And therefore, you can stop this cycle of constantly feeling like you want to be spontaneous because you can make plans that are truly important to you, that you truly value, that you're excited about doing. And you can stop replacing the feeling of spontaneity for the feeling that you truly want, which is freedom and sovereignty in your life. So that being said, FOMO. FOMO can have us doing a lot of self-destructive behaviors in life. I think most of us can recognize that. So the question is, why do we keep feeling it? Why do we keep reacting to it? I want to look at some of the biggest sources of FOMO in a person's life and find out why it is that in the 21st century, it has literally become the pandemic that we can't seem to find the cure for. And we keep sweeping real solutions under the rug in favor of you know, um, surface level, short term, immediate gratification, quick fixes. FOMO belief stems from something even deeper that is so important to look at. And I've, I've briefly talked about it so far in this episode, so I want to jump into this. And at first, this may seem a bit unclear, so stick with me. FOMO stems from a lack of a positive, supported, and steady self-image or self-trust. 
It stems from a lack of a defined and supported self-worth and self-love. It stems from a lack of unconditional self-love. It stems from a lack of a concrete, supported, and steady sense of self-esteem. And again, remember, self-esteem is our belief and our ability to accomplish things that we want to do, and our belief in our ability to develop our abilities to be able to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. That's self-esteem. I know we, I did a whole entire episode on self-esteem because I think a lot of people think self-esteem has to do with being arrogant. And remember, self-esteem is not when we think that we're better than other people, where we think in order for us to be good enough, we're, we're better than other people. Self-esteem comes from this deep well of knowing our ability to show up in our life and accomplish the things that we want to do and develop our abilities to do the things we want to do. And also because we believe in the, the ability for everyone around us to do the same. Because we're human, we know we're able to learn and do these things. That is self-esteem. That is self-esteem. Okay, it's not this arrogant, oh, I'm so great and it's because I'm better than everyone else. Look at what I've done over here that nobody else does and oh, I was able to accomplish this and look at how few people are able to do that. This is why I have self-esteem because I'm better than 90% of the people. That's not self-esteem. If it's comparing to other people, it's not self-esteem, my friends. That's not self-esteem. Self-esteem is something that we develop inside of ourselves Without anyone else being considered. And I don't mean being considered, not without anyone else being considered as in screw everybody else. What I mean is that it's not in comparison to other people's lives. Our self-esteem is based on us knowing ourselves, knowing our abilities, and knowing our, our ability to develop those abilities, and what it is that we want to accomplish in life, and how we're going to be able to do it. That is self-esteem. So when I say it's, it has nothing to do with anyone else. I don't mean like, screw everybody else, I'm just going to get what I want and I don't care who it hurt. That's not what I'm trying to say here. What I mean is that our self-esteem doesn't take other people into consideration as in comparing to other people to be able to establish our sense of self-esteem. Okay. We live in a world where we can choose to constantly be online. And because of this, we can constantly put ourselves in front of other people's lives And I don't just mean their lives. I mean their photoshopped, edited, cropped versions of their lives that they want us to see to make their life appear like somehow they're enjoying life more than us. Maybe they even want to create envy in people. But the fact of the matter is, that's irrelevant. But what is important is that we have the ability to inundate ourselves with that 24-7. And if we believe in the comparison model, the life by comparison, the enjoyment by comparison, the judgment by comparison, the happiness by comparison, if we live in that model and we are constantly inundated with seeing other people's lives that we think have the thing that we don't have, therefore we can't enjoy life, that we think they're able to do the thing that we can't do and that's why we can't enjoy life, if we're constantly inundating ourselves with this constant exposure to other people's lives and then living by the belief that other people are enjoying life more than us and so therefore we're looking for evidence of it and looking for the things that they have that we don't have that's the reason why we're... We will constantly put ourselves in FOMO. We live in a world where our ability to compare our lives to other people's lives is literally 24-7. And a lot of us choose to do it to ourselves almost 24-7. They fall asleep with their phone in their hand. They wake up and immediately go back to their phone. And what I'm here to say is that without the, the time to dive into yourself, 
and create that supported, positive, steady self-image, self-esteem, self-worth, self-love, self-trust, self-awareness. That without taking the time to do that first, this constant exposure to the stimulus leads to so much self-doubt and self-abuse. And I'm talking verbally, even physically. And that verbally part can be like literally out loud verbally or the internal dialogue that you are constantly subjecting yourself to inside of your head. It leads to this internal judgment by comparison on constant repeat where we make sure that in comparison, our life always comes up short because that's what we're looking for evidence of. We have the belief that we're missing out on something and so our brain goes to work to prove that correct. And it has, oh my god, our brains just have like a field day with the amount of evidence that they can find on social media to prove that point. My friends, social media is like a freaking gold mine for your brain to find evidence that you're missing out on enjoying life because you don't have things that other people have. And you are telling your brain to go in search of that evidence. And then you're putting it right in front of your brain 24-7 because you have not already established for yourself that your worth, your esteem, your image of yourself, your self-love, your self-awareness is already so steadfast. You're not looking for evidence of that. You're not looking for evidence of that. Your brain is not even interested in that out there because your brain's kind of like, okay, that's cool that you're doing that over there. Props to you. Back in my lane, this is what I'm doing over here, and props to me for doing all of this. Because this is my journey in life. This is my badassery as a human, and I'm proud of that. This is, this is where the problem comes in. It's not that social media is the devil. It's not that seeing other people's lives and being proud of them is the problem. It's not that posting about our lives and the things that we're truly enjoying in life is a problem. The problem comes in because we have a world full of people that have been taught to constantly look, quote-unquote, out there for solutions, change things at the behavior level, make it quick, make it rapid, hurry up and make it look like you're enjoying life, get those six-pack abs, get that big booty, get those big arms and shoulders, guys, make that chest puff, puff out so the girls will want you. We're constantly looking out there for the reason why we're not enjoying life. We're taught to do that and to keep skipping over the one part of our life that is most important that would actually provide us with the tools to where we would be able to show up in our life and choose with empowerment to enjoy it. And those tools are all internal. And we keep skipping over that part and looking out there. And my friends, I'm here to tell you, as I keep saying, and I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, and I'm going to keep doing it until you listen to me, my friends, because it's not a lie. It's not cheesy. It's not soft skills. It's not just me saying this for my health. It is so true that if I could literally open up your head and put a book inside of there and make you see it, I would do it, but I can't. You have to choose to want to see it. And I'm very passionate about keeping on putting this message out there until you're ready to choose to see it, which is why I'm still here saying the same thing over and over again. (laughs) So, my friends, it's not that these things are the problem. Social media is not the problem. Seeing other people's lives is not the problem. The problem is you keep choosing to overlook the one area where you have power to change this. Now, here's something that I want you to notice here. 
this lack of a steady, positive self-image, self-trust, self-worth, unconditional self-love, self-esteem, self-trust, this lack of this, there's a common thread there that I want you to pay attention to. And again, it goes back to this idea of looking out there versus looking internally. Because this is why I think a lot of people still struggle with choosing to look in this direction. Is that the common theme is that there is a lack of support and steadiness in all of these. And here again, we are taught to seek the support and the steadiness out there. Oh, I just need better friends that will support me. I need better friends that will constantly cheer me on and lift me up and tell me that I'm good and tell me that I'm great. And I just need the right circle of friends. And I just need to stop looking at these social media posts and start looking at social media posts of people that will tell me that I'm good. And no, my friends, no, 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 no. I love you all, but no, okay? You can keep listening to these positive messages out there. That's great, okay, but guess what? When it comes down to it, that steady, supported self-image, self-trust, self-love, self-worth, self-esteem, self-image, all of that is supported internally. The external version of it, that is just a little, oh, that's cool that that's also happening out there. And it's not that it can't feel nice that it's also happening out there when other people support us and cheer us on and tell us how awesome we are. It's not that I'm saying don't enjoy that. Enjoy it. Love it. Yes, feel it. That feels good. Yes, awesome. But it's temporary. It's temporary. It always will be temporary because you're not in control of that. What you are in control of is your internal dialogue, how you talk to yourself, how you choose to see yourself. So my friends, this supported self-esteem, self-worth, self-trust, self-love, self-image, all of that, the support, stop looking out there for it because you will never find it. You will never find it. You'll find temporary versions of it, but that's not support. The problem isn't that it can't feel good coming from out there. The problem is, is when you depend on it out there as being your source. When you depend on the external validation, when you depend on the external support, when you depend on the external providing the steadiness, that's when you get into trouble. And I need you all to recognize that here. So this feeling of our self-image, our self-love, our self-trust, our self-worth, our self-esteem, our self-image being supported, constant, and steady, it comes from inside. So the moment that you depend on an external support of source, you have put yourself in a danger zone. You've built your house upon no foundation again. And my friends, how many times are you going to keep building this house and watching it crumble? Building this house and watching it crumble. And some people can build this house for a very long time before it crumbles, but it always crumbles. How many times are you going to let yourself do that in your life before you recognize that the one thing that you've been wanting to do since the moment that you were born on this planet, and now as an adult you have the ability to see it and actually do it, is to create that foundation inside of you in which you can build your house upon it, and no matter how much the wind blows, no matter how much the ground shakes, that foundation is steadfast. Because it's not based in something that anyone or anything outside of you can change. It's based in the one place where you have complete control. And your self-talk and your beliefs about yourself, your thoughts, that's where you have the control. 
So my friends, FOMO stems from a choice to keep putting this work aside, to look inside and create that supported, positive, steady self-image, worth, esteem, trust, love, all of that. No one can do it for you. And the longer you keep pushing that aside in favor of quick behavioral level changes, quick fixes, quick tips, just do this little activity here. Just high five yourself in the mirror every day. And Mel Robbins, I, I love your work. And I'm not trying to say the interesting thing is if you read Mel Robbins work here or listen to her high five yourself theory, it's actually an easy activity that she's trying to use to get you to look into the deeper parts of yourself that you keep overlooking. So the high five habit, yes, it works, but it doesn't work because giving yourself a high five works. It works because it gets you to pay attention to something that's going on inside. And you can keep high fiving yourself and not paying attention at the high fives will stop working. I'm just saying. So I am here to tell you all, if you keep trying to change this fear of FOMO or, or really anything you're struggling with in life with these external changes with these quick behavioral changes, with just trying to get that thing that the other person has that you don't have, just, oh, I just need to have these six-pack abs, or I just need to have that car, or my house isn't big enough yet. When it's as big as this person's, I'll be happy. You can keep doing that. And sure, every time you hit the goal, you'll get that quick little burst of instant gratification or pleasure, and then it goes away because you recognize you're still the same person. You still feel the same way about your life. You just now have a bigger house. You have a more expensive car. You have you know, more defined abs, but you're still the same person, still have the same beliefs about your life. You still haven't chosen to love yourself and you still aren't enjoying your life. You're not enjoying your life with the more expensive car, the bigger house, and the six-pack abs. So FOMO is keeping people stuck. FOMO keeps people stuck because we keep looking externally instead of looking at what it's actually trying to tell us, what it's here to show us. Remember last week when we talked about fear of inadequacy, fear of judgment, judgment by comparison, the fear of uncertainty, fear of something bad happening, fear of rejecting? All of these play into FOMO. We fear that life or the world or society has somehow rejected us as not being good enough to experience the enjoyment of life that others are having, or that we will not be given the opportunity by life to enjoy life like other people do. We fear the uncertainty of knowing whether or not the decisions we will make will lead us to getting the quote-unquote things in life that will cause us to enjoy life as much as other people are enjoying life. We fear the uncertainty of whether or not the things that we will choose not to do will end up being the reason why we didn't get the thing that someone else has that they're enjoying life more than us because they have that and we don't have it. We fear regretting decisions that we make by choosing to learn after we make the decision that we could have had something more enjoyable in life if we had chosen something different. Because someone else did something different, and they got this thing, and they're enjoying life, and so because I chose this choice, I didn't get that thing, so therefore I'm not able to enjoy life because they have that thing and I don't. FOMO will keep you stuck in these fears. The fear of planning anything in case something else may happen that we fear may cause us to enjoy life better because we'll see, oh, I didn't go to that party. Look at all these pictures of the people that went to that party. They look like they're enjoying life and I didn't enjoy my time that night. So therefore, it's because I didn't go to this party and I wasn't wearing that dress and I wasn't in this lighting and dancing with these people and drinking those drinks and therefore that's why I'm not enjoying life and they were able to. Poor me. 
We fear that other people will judge us for not having experienced the same things in lives as them that we quote-unquote should experience to be qualified enough to say, now I'm enjoying life just as much as you. All of these are based in things out there that qualify us for being able to enjoy life. We fear that our level of enjoying life may be seen as inadequate compared to other people and what they're doing to enjoy life. In all of these fears, there's a common thread that we're looking at something out there that other people have or are doing that we think causes them to enjoy life more than us. And at the root of this, there is a lack of self-awareness rooted in all of these fears that I mentioned above. All of the fears of looking out there and seeing the things that other people have and then we recognize that we're not enjoying our life and so we think it's because we don't have these things that other people have or we're not doing the same activities that they're doing, not going on the same vacations that they're going on, not working the same job that they're working. We keep looking out there thinking that's the reason why. But really what it is is there's a lack of self-awareness. Awareness of the values of what are truly important to you in life. There are so many options in this life. So many options. That's the truth. So many choices we could make. And my friends, without awareness of what is truly important to us and valuable to us at a deeply emotional and spiritual level, then how can we expect ourselves to decide on what it is that we want to do in life and to support ourselves in our decisions? The truth is we can't because we will just be in constant comparison of what other people are choosing because we don't know what is important to us, and why we chose what we chose. Because we're just doing it as a reaction to what we see other people doing. So this fear is rooted in this complete lack of self-awareness of what is genuinely important to us in life, what we truly value. Instead of being constantly subjected to this input of other people telling us what we should want, what we should be doing, what, should, what we should have that will make us happier in life. And then constantly looking at them and thinking that we want to do the same thing they're doing and try and replicate it. And that will make us enjoy life more. Without the awareness of our true and genuine values in life and what we really want, the sheer number of options in life becomes impossible to navigate. And I think you all feel that. This constant comparison. My friends, you could find the celebrity you think is the, you know, your biggest role model and do everything that they're doing and have, you know, somehow build a life where you have everything that they have, you're doing everything that they're doing, and you could still not be enjoying life if you don't know that these things that you have are important to you because of something that your deep core value level, you know why this thing is important to you. Because the truth is, do you know how many millionaires, billionaires out there that have, that could literally buy anything that they want in life? Anything. They could do that their whole entire life and never even touch the amount of money that they have. And they're still not enjoying life, my friends. They're still looking around at other people's lives and being like, okay, well, what, do, what don't I have yet that other people have that are enjoying life? They're still doing that. Because my friends, the truth is the reason why they're doing that is because it's not a thing that they need. They don't understand what's important to them and how they want to create that and why. So no matter what they get in their life, it will never be enough because they still won't be enjoying life because they don't know why they have the things in their life, why they might be important to them or why they're not important to them because they just replicated what someone else did that they thought should make them feel better about life. It doesn't work this way, my friends. Life enjoyment comes from knowing first. First things first, as Stephen Covey puts it. Put first things first. 
knowing what is truly important to you, what you truly value in life, building your life on those that, that value-centered life. That's when life fulfillment happens. That's when you're able to enjoy life. Even when other people have more or different things around you, it doesn't matter because you know why you have what you have and why that's important to you and why you're enjoying your life for having it because you know what's important to you and why. The truth is, and sadly, the vast majority of you out there have no clue what is important to you in life. You know what you think you should want in life or what should be valuable to you in life. Based on either what other people are doing, maybe what your parents told you, your pastor, your teachers, what they taught you in school, but you have no clue what is genuinely important to you and why in life. And this, my friends, is the very core of where FOMO comes from. The lack of awareness of what you truly want in life and the lack of awareness of who you actually are, not your behaviors, not your clothes, not your car, not the words that you say, the language you speak, the color of your skin. That's not who you are. The lack of awareness of who you are at your core and what that person is here to create in this life. This lack of awareness leads to FOMO. Because a lot of us see who we are as being the things that we have, the things that we do, how we look, how other people see us. Anything but who we actually are at our core. And the thing is, we also see other people as being those things. So we see someone having a certain car, a house, a degree, a certain hair color, a certain type of clothes, or they act a certain way. We see them as enjoying life and we think, oh, I just need to be those things. Because this person is, he, they look like they're enjoying life and they're these things. But here's what I want you to, to understand. Because you have a lack of awareness of who you actually are and what you genuinely want in life, you look at other people with that same lack of awareness, and so therefore you think that these people are the things that they have, the clothes that they wear, the color of their skin, the career that they have, the degree, the house, the family, the relationships. So you'll just constantly go about imitating these people and make yourself miserable trying to live a life that's not yours, that you have no idea how it aligns with any of your values because you don't even know what your values are. You say the word values and you're like, oh yeah, that's the thing, like, um, be nice to people and love people, and but you have no clue what your genuine values are. You just know this list of, of things that virtues, values that maybe were taught to you in school or church or by your parents, but you have no awareness of who you are, what's important to you, and how you want to create your life. You have no awareness of how you actually do create life based on your beliefs and thoughts. Because again, you're so busy looking out there as being the reason why you feel the way you feel, you don't even recognize that the reason you feel the way you feel is because of what you're thinking about yourself in your life. And therefore showing up in your life in this way, where you're constantly comparing yourself to things out there that other people have, and feel like you're missing out on life. You have no awareness of how life is actually created for you, much less for anyone else. So many people are still living in this model that things outside of us cause our feelings. And that we just have to react to those things and try and get rid of the feelings that we don't want to have so that we can get the things that we want to have in our life. And then we spend our entire life trying to control things that are beyond our control and trying to have things create feelings for us that they can't create. And so we just feel constantly unfulfilled and out of control. 
And you're giving up the one place where you actually have control, which is your beliefs and your thoughts, your values, and what is important to you in life. And going after that with your actions. That's where you have the control. And because you're living by this model of life, where things cause you to feel a certain way, and so therefore you just have to constantly change the things out there, you think other people, it's that's how they're also creating life, so you will see other people as it being about the things that they have in their life. And again, FOMO, because you're comparing your life to theirs. What do they have that I don't have? Oh, well, that must be, they have, oh, their car is more comfortable driving into work in the morning, so that's why they show up to work in a better mood. Or, oh, their mattress is softer, so that's why they're they're sleeping better at night. And, and all of these different things. And, oh, they're, they, they live in a house where they're able to afford this, and so therefore they're able to do that. And then we just constantly compare, 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 and try and buy more things and do more things. And we keep forgetting that life fulfillment starts with understanding how we create life and from there knowing what is truly important to us in life and moving out from there from that zone of control but we all keep looking out there and trying to work our way inward to happiness but it won't work it goes the other way it goes the other way you start off inside and that happiness that you generate that fulfillment that self-trust that self-love that self-esteem flows out into your life you can't build it out there and then bring it into you it won't happen it never will i want to help you see this really clearly here because i know a lot of you are like no 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 i know for a fact that there are other people that are enjoying life more than me their life is better off than mine and therefore i'm missing out on life because i don't have theirs I want you to understand something here. Everyone's life is 50-50. That means 50% awesome, good, accomplished, exciting, motivated, um, all the things we want. And then 50% struggle, hard, difficult, not sure what we're doing here, um, uncertain about our abilities and growing and, and uncertain. Everyone's life is like this. And I know some of you are going to say, yeah, but so-and-so's life, their 50% suck is so much easier than my 50% suck. If I was in their life, I would be so much better off. I wouldn't be struggling at all. And if, my friends, that's not true. Because the truth is, if you were in their life, your set of skills would create a whole nother set of deficiencies in your life, areas that you would have to learn to be able to manage their life that they're managing with their set of skills and what they know and with their experience. So even if you had their life, you would have 50% struggles. It would be different struggles than what they're having because you're bringing your skill set into their life that they built with their skill set. So no, their struggles are not any easier than yours. Struggles are struggles. And my friends, we live in a world where we're constantly comparing our lives, but we're also comparing our struggles. And I want to say this does not serve us. No one's struggles are easier than yours or harder than yours. No one's. And I'm not saying this like, oh yeah, there's always someone who has it worse than you. No, I'm not trying to say that. And I'm not trying to say, you know, that we shouldn't be compassionate about other people struggling and, you know, people that that don't have things in life that we can't want to create ways for, for, you know, to end poverty. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is struggle is subjective. It's not objective. Okay, you're looking at someone else's life and trying to be objective about their struggles from a subjective standpoint. Their life experience is different from yours, so therefore their struggles feel just as hard. Struggle is struggle, my friends. It feels just as difficult. 
struggling with life when you have a billion dollars still feels just as sucky as struggling with life when you have one dollar. Challenge me on it. I promise you. It's no different. The feeling of struggle is the same. Okay? So stop thinking that you're somehow going to get yourself into this life in which you don't have struggles. Struggle is part of life, my friends. This happy ever ever, happy ever after mentality, it's, it's so gone. It's so yesterday. All Disney movies end at happy ever after. They don't make a movie about the happy ever after because it sucks. It's boring. It's not life. It's not challenging. Struggles are part of life. Invite them in. Here's the difference between the people that are enjoying life and feeling fulfilled about life is that they pick their 50% struggle. They say, okay, if I'm going to be struggling in life, I want to do XYZ. So what do I struggle through to do XYZ? And they pick their 50% struggle. So when they're struggling, they're like, yeah, I picked this. I wanted to go through this struggle because I want to create that over there. And if I wasn't struggling with this, I'd be struggling with that over there, which is going to get me nowhere to where I want to go. So I'm going to pick these struggles over here because at least they get me closer to what it is that I want to create in my life. That's the difference. But my friends, it's not just about FOMO is not just about comparing the things that we see in other people's lives that we think are better than ours. It goes even deeper. We're even comparing our struggles with each other. Oh, yeah, must be... What do they call it? Um, Rich people problems or first world problems or rich mom problems or and whatever. You know, we put all these hashtags on it. My friends, this does not help us at all in this life. We have got to stop comparing our struggles with other people's struggles. Donald Trump's 50% suck sucks just as bad as my 50% suck. And because I know that, I can have compassion for the man, even though I do not agree with a lot of the things that he says and does. I know he has his set of struggles, and I know what struggle feels like. And I know he's trying to find his way through them, so I can have compassion for him. And not compare my struggles to his. We've got to stop doing this, my friends. This comparison culture is not serving us. Pain is pain. Struggle is struggle. Suffering is suffering. Comparing does not get us any closer to solutions understanding does. But that's a topic for another episode. So I'm telling you all of this because I want to say, if you catch yourself looking at someone else's life and thinking that if you were in their life, you would somehow have it better off, that somehow you wouldn't be struggling in life, and that because you don't have their life, you're missing out because you don't have what they have. I want you to recognize their life is 50-52. One thing that I always ask myself when I see myself comparing my life to someone else's life and saying or thinking that if I had their life, that somehow my life would be easier, I always ask myself, what's their 50-50? I wonder what their 50% suck must be. And when I really think about it, I'm, I, can, I can imagine the things they might be struggling with in life and what that must feel like from their perspective. And I am immediately humbled and I'm like, wow, hats off to you. Let's be humans together here. And I can see these, these people as, as humans again and see them for their, their struggle and their suffering too. And not dehumanize them as being some rich thing that just has no problems in life and therefore their, you know, not, their struggles are not worthy to look at. They don't deserve any compassion or love. No, I can genuinely see them and, and recognize they're struggling in life too. They're suffering in life too. And bring myself back to my lane where I am. What am I struggling with? What am I struggling with? Are they struggles that are getting me closer to my goals? If not, why am I choosing those struggles? Why am I not choosing the struggles over here that I'm avoiding that would get me closer to my goals? 
and I get back in my lane, back in my life, back in my journey, instead of comparing my life, my greatness with someone else's greatness, my struggles with someone else's struggles. But my friends, this is why I say stop skipping to the external and behavior change to create happiness. Because here's the thing, if you don't know how to generate fulfillment and happiness internally, and at the same time know what is important to you in your life, know what you truly want and why, and how you plan to go after that, if you don't know these things, and you're constantly playing the change the circumstance comparison life, if you're playing that game to eventually feel happy and fulfilled in life, then you will always be looking externally at other people's lives and what they have that you don't have yet. And your brain will constantly be looking for evidence that other people are still enjoying life more than you because they have things that you don't have because you still don't know what life enjoyment comes from. And you'll still be wondering, why is it that I keep getting all these things that I think will make me happy in life? And I'm only, I feel a momentary happiness, but then I'm, you know, like after a week, after a month, after I move into the new house and start making the house payments, all of a sudden I actually don't like my house anymore and I just want a, a different house. Or maybe I want to move back into the old house because now the new house payment is bigger. I still don't feel fulfilled in life. My friends, it's because you're looking for external changes to create something that can only be created internally. Life fulfillment doesn't come from those things. The real reason why you don't feel fulfilled and happy in life is because you are living a life that is out of alignment with who you truly are. It doesn't recognize it. It's out of awareness of it. You're living a life that is out of alignment to what is truly important to you, what, is, what you genuinely want to be creating in your life. The genuine values, not the ones you think you should have. And here's the thing. Once you know that and you start living a life that is intentionally choosing your 50-50 to keep creating that and you know why, then it doesn't matter what container, what job title, what car, what house, what body, whatever... Those become secondary representations to the essence of who you truly are and what you're creating in life. And you can look at your life and the way you're creating things and be in your journey and see the value in everything that you have in your life because you know why you created it, the essence of what you're there to create. And that inner knowing, that inner peace, that inner structure, that inner stability and support, that's what creates life fulfillment. It's not about the containers in life. That the essence of you goes into. And when I say containers, I mean the car, I mean the clothes, I mean the hair, the color of your skin, the, you know, the plastic surgery you might put on your body, the muscles, the, the fat, the, the yard you have, the whatever, anything that can be visible externally, whatever container you put yourself in, fulfillment does not come from the container. It comes from what is in it. Do you know what is in your containers? Do you know you and what that you really want in life and why and how are you creating it? So the question is, how does this help with FOMO? If you're afraid of missing out on something in life, it is that you're fearing that you're not enjoying life as much as someone else or the rest of everyone else or a certain group of people. That's the real fear there. But guess what? If you know unshakably what is truly important to you in life and what you truly want and you know why and you choose a plan to go after it and choose that if I don't get the results I want I'm just going to keep learning and I'm going to keep recreating the plan I'm going to keep going after it and if you know how that plan is going to create the things that are important for you and therefore you're always looking for those values 
popping up around you as you're creating your journey, then guess what? Your life suddenly becomes a place where you look around and you are surrounded by what is important to you in life and what fulfills you. Your brain will be looking for evidence of it. And your focus will be there on what really matters. And then guess what you do? You get to enjoy your life. You get to enjoy your life on such a rich and deep level that the thought of comparing it to how someone else is enjoying life seems so shallow, so unimportant. And you want everyone else to be enjoying life the way you are too. So it's not like, oh, well, I'm enjoying life and I'm better than you because I figured it all out. It's like you find that well, that source, and you're like, wow, wow. And it flows out into your life and to those around you. And you start showing up to people and being like, yeah, it's not about the car. It's about you and what's important to you. You start seeing the true value in every person around you. The person that doesn't have the such nice clothes. The person that their hair may look a little bit unkept sometimes. The person that doesn't have the nice job. The person that doesn't have the nice car. You can look at them and see the person, the human being that they are, and see the true value in them in their life. And be a reflection to them of how they too, if they would just look inside, could enjoy their life exactly where they are. And start creating what's important to them in life. The FOMO fear is about feeling like you're missing out on something in life. But if you understand that enjoyment of life is different for every person, because what every person values in life is different, and that's normal. That is how life is designed to be. Once you can see that, then you can begin to see how we enjoy life by choice. Not by choice of having things, by choice of choosing our 50-50 with intention, based on who we are at our core and what we value and what is important to us. That's, that is how we enjoy life. Then choosing to build that self-image, that self-love, that self-esteem and trust and worth within ourselves and choosing to support it within ourselves no matter what. So that when we show up in this world with millions of options and social media putting in our face 24-7 or the news or advertising or friends or family constantly reminding us of all of the options in life and what other people are doing to enjoy life, you can see all of that and smile and go inside to that deep well of self-love, of self-worth, of self-awareness and support and esteem and trust. And that beautifully solid self-image. And be happy for all of these people and how they're choosing to enjoy life. And to know that you are on your path and you're enjoying life just as much as them. In the way you were designed to enjoy it. Once you choose that 50-50 with intention, my friends, you become unstoppable. When you know that your life is going to be 50-50 anyways and you choose your 50% suck to be the 50% of struggle that's going to get you towards creating more of your value in life, your values, the things that are important to you in life, you become unstoppable. And you can look at other people in life when you notice that voice of comparison popping up and notice that you want to you wanna believe that maybe their life is better than yours. You can ask yourself about the 50-50. What is their 50-50? And start seeing them as a human that's struggling too and get back to your life and your enjoyment of life. But FOMA will convince you that you're missing out on it. If you don't lean in and because of your fear of missing out, you'll constantly be looking out there instead of the one place where you could generate the one thing that you're truly missing out on, which is how to generate life enjoyment. 
by choosing your 50-50, going inside, choosing your inner self-worth and love and support and esteem and all of that. So my friends, if you react to FOMO, this fear of missing out, you're choosing to miss out on the most important thing in life. And that's you. That's you. And how beautifully you are designed in this life to want things that are so valuable that you're not creating in this life because you're so busy trying to create other things that other people are telling you are valuable. And the world is missing out on that light that you're not creating because you're so busy trying to imitate other people because you think that having their life will make you happier. So FOMO will convince you to miss out on enjoying life for fear of missing out on enjoying life. Don't let FOMO take that away from you. Remember that a fulfilling life is not about the containers. It's about what you put in it. And remember, containers are anything. It's the body, the car, the house, the job, the wife, the husband, the kids. Those are just containers. Those aren't you. What is you is what you pour into those containers. The essence of you can go in a lot of different containers, but that essence never changed changes and that's where the enjoyment of life is is in that essence of you that you are pouring into everything in your life so the solution here is knowing your core values and what is important to you in life that is truly the solution and i know some of you are rolling your eyes at me but it's the truth it's knowing your true values choosing your 50 50 and if you don't believe me you can talk to some of my clients it's crazy sometimes when i start working with my clients and i put them through these simple exercises that help them just to know finally in their life what is their true want and value in life and they just light up it's like all of a sudden their life the areas where they felt disappointed it makes sense of course you feel disappointed because you're not creating this in that area of your life that you really want to be creating because you keep stopping yourself their faces light up as they realize the things that are truly important to them in life and and what they have available to them to create it And the areas of their life where they don't feel fulfilled because of something so simple of a choice that they're not choosing to make because they didn't realize that they had the choice to make it. I love seeing that happen. I love doing this work with my clients. But my friends, this is where a fulfilling life starts. Is knowing what's important to you, knowing those values, knowing how to support that knowing with the self-image, the self-trust, the self-love, the self-worth, the self-esteem. Knowing how to support taking action to create those things when circumstances happen and we feel like we are struggling to take actions that we want to take. And we support it with that self-love, that self-esteem, with that knowing that our life is going to be 50-50 no matter what. So am I going to keep choosing this 50% struggle or am I going to go back to victim mentality and let life choose my 50% struggle for me? So we just keep taking step after step once we see this. And supporting it with our powerful why. This is the solution to FOMO, my friends. It's not more activity options or avoiding making plans or saying it's spontaneity or trying to feel, you know, patterned hits of spontaneity to fulfill that that lack of feeling of freedom in your life because you don't feel free because you're not doing what it is that's truly important to you because you don't know it. The solution is knowing who you are deeply and starting there. Knowing your journey, the, the most important journey for you, even while 8 billion other people on this planet are on their journeys, knowing your journey that is right for you and being in that decidedly, daily, and passionately, that is how we enjoy life. When we're doing that, 
then we're missing out on nothing in life. So if you feel like you're missing out on something in life, then I, I challenge you to find out what life are you here to live? And you're going to find that out by diving in deep, spending time with yourself. That introspective time that you keep avoiding, that journal you keep avoiding keeping, that self-help book that you keep avoiding reading and looking inside, doing the deep dive work where you get to know yourself and change your self-talk, change how you look at yourself, change how you love yourself. That's where the enjoyment is going to start. So find out there what life you're here to live. And don't stop looking out there for other people to tell you the life that you're here to live. No one else knows that for you, even if they think they do. Only you can know that answer for you. So make it a priority to take the time to know you and find out the life that you're here to live. And you might be wondering how a coach can help you with that because you might be thinking, oh, well, then wouldn't they just be telling me the life that they think I should be living? No. And if your coach is telling you that, then find another coach. But my friends, when I work with my clients, I am not here to tell them the life that they should be living. I'm here to take them by their hand and guide them to the spaces inside themselves where they see for themselves what they're here to live and answer those questions for themselves. And then all I do is I provide the support, the tools necessary for them to live that life. But I'm not here to tell anyone the life that they should be living. Other than to say that you want to be living the life, that you're genuinely designed to be living. Stop selling yourself short. That's the only thing I'm going to tell you that you want to do with your life. Other than that, the rest is up to you and what is truly important and genuine for you. My friends, I'm going to leave this message here with you all. There's so much more that we could talk about here, but it's just going to maybe get more confusing, so I'm going to stop here. If this sounds like something you are struggling with and you want support and the tools to find your way out of a life of FOMO and into a life of empowerment and fulfillment, I am here to take your hand and guide you inward to your true self. I'm not going to tell you the life that you should be living. I'm going to guide you to the place where you tell yourself the life that you truly want to be living with excitement and empowerment. Then I'm going to provide you with the tools and the support to live that life once and for all. So reach out. My links are in the show notes, as always. You can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or through my website or email. Everything is linked in the the show notes. Okay? So I'm here to support you guys. Find a coach to help you work through this if this is a struggle of yours. I love you all. I truly cannot wait to see how many of you step out of your FOMO and into a life of, of true enjoyment. Until next week, I want to challenge you to look inward. Stop looking on social media and stop looking out there for the things that you don't have that's the reason why you're experiencing FOMO. The thing that you feel like you don't have, you have it. It's so close to you that you keep looking right past it so you think you don't have it. So I want you to look in. Find that life that you feel you are missing out on because it's in you. I know that. So find it. Start bringing that out into your life and choosing to enjoy it. I want to hear about how you're enjoying your life until next week, my friends. So tell me all about it. So until we meet again here next week, ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. 
If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at SethLusk underscore coaching. Again, that is SethLusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group. And it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.